Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio program. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and I'll tell you the title of my message in a minute. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. That's Proverbs 25, 2. What we're going to talk about today is the meaning of numbers in the Bible. We're just going to do a quick introduction and talk about some things. Have you ever noticed that God likes to number things and that he seems to have a very precise way of doing it? I have for a long time been interested in the meanings of biblical numbers. Please realize this is not the same thing as New Age numerology. I have an advantage having in my unsaved days been involved in New Age activities. So that makes it easy for me to tell those from biblical things. So you are safe listening to this. I was praying this week asking the Lord for an interesting series to teach because I like to do series. My focus has been off lately due to increased pain from something I've suffered from for 40 years that I'm working to overcome now. I just changed my diet, y'all, to the low FODMAP diet. Boy, is that a drastic change. I just started yesterday. So wish me luck on that. Um... So my focus has been off, but if I have something I'm really interested in to study, it helps me to get back on track and focus better. And what came to me when I prayed was to start teaching you the biblical meanings of different numbers in the Bible. Because some numbers, like 7 and 40, are mentioned over and over again. And I will be learning along with you. I've studied them some, but not too much before now. Y'all may remember that. I think it was last year or so. Or maybe the year before, I had a friend whose ministry is numbers, and she was going to come on the podcast and teach about numbers in any way that fell through. So we never did get to do that, and I've lost touch with her, but um, I had wanted to get her on the podcast. So in the absence of somebody who's already an expert, I'm going to have to be your expert, which means I'm going to have to do a lot of studying. So I will be learning as you learn. I'm going to endeavor to make an in-depth study and pray for revelation as I go. And I'm hoping this will increase our knowledge in ways that will help us to identify anything the Lord may be trying to show us through numbers in our lives. Have you ever gone through a time where like the same number kept coming up over and over and over and over again? Um, I don't know if y'all remember Conrad Carricker. He used to be a guest on my podcast pretty often. He's from conradrocks.net ministry, and he is a great scholar of the word, studied the word for years and years. At one point, he started getting 311, 311, 311. He said it went on for days. We talked about it. And then the tsunami in Japan happened on 311. And so we knew that that was probably why he got that number. So numbers, I think, bring us messages or are trying to draw our, our attention to something or something that we need to do. We know that the Bible is the divinely inspired word of God given to men. As people of the word, we also know that the Lord has hidden mysteries there for us to find. It's one of the reasons it's so fun to study. 
that as we study, he reveals those hidden treasures to us. The word of God is authoritative. It overrides every other book of every kind and every other word of every kind. That is why it contains mysteries, because that power cannot be trusted to just anyone. As you study and are committed to God and to walking in his ways, which is doing things in your life his way and not your own way, he reveals these mysteries to you and he shares the treasures in his word with you. He unlocks his word to you and suddenly you begin understanding what you are reading. But you must persevere and keep studying the word in whatever way you can until you do understand it. Let me give you an example. When I got saved, I immediately wanted to get to know God and I wanted to understand his word because I wanted to know who he was because I knew he was real. And so I began, I got a, went to the Bible store, Bible bookstore, bought a Bible. I just bought a King James, plain James, because I did not know there was anything else out there. I didn't know there were other translations that were easier to understand. I did not know there were study Bibles. I just didn't know. So I got a King James Bible and I went home and I started reading it every day. And I understood almost nothing of what I read. So after a while of still not understanding, I did two things. I kept reading the books that did make sense to me. Proverbs was my favorite of those books. I don't remember what the other ones were, but I remember Proverbs made sense. And I think I liked Genesis because it's full of stories. Proverbs just, I don't know, it just appealed to me. It was little short sayings uh, that are wisdom sayings. It's one of the wisdom books. And I started listening to sermons anytime I was commuting, which back then, when I was in oil and gas, was a lot of the time. I was driving a, um, a new truck. I think it was a Chevy something. I can't remember, but it might have been a GMC. But I was driving a new pickup, and it had a cassette player in it. And I wore out that cassette player in a year and a half because I constantly had teaching tapes going. And anytime I was doing chores in my apartment, I also had sermons playing because it just helps you absorb the word. And because I persevered in that way and I didn't give up on the word, God began to unlock the word to me because he saw I was serious. In the word of God, certain numbers appear again and again. Anything mentioned in the Bible more than once always has significance and we should seek to know what is significant about it. So there is a divine numbering system, and God is the author of it. Knowing that should make you want to learn more about it. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts into wisdom. Psalm 90, verse 12. I believe the true meanings of numbers are hidden in the scriptures, like treasures just waiting for us to find them. So go with me now as we start our search for the real meaning of biblical numbers. We are not seeking some man-made, made-up numerical meaning. We are not looking for angel numbers, whatever those are. We want the meanings of numbers to come from the God who authored them, that we may know for sure they are correct and true. Only the truth is of any benefit to us whatsoever. But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Luke 12, verse 7. I want to pray for us. Lord of lords and King of kings, 
precious Jesus, we lift our hearts to you and ask you would grant us wisdom through these teachings. Show us, Lord, the mysteries of the numbers in your precious word. Give us to know what they mean in each of our lives, that we may know you better. The mysteries hidden in your word are endless, and we are so thankful you gave us this word to study and to learn from, to guide us and to comfort us. Be with us as we study the numbers, Lord, and open our eyes to the wisdom you have hidden there for us to find. In your most precious name we pray. Amen. So today we're going to start with the number you have heard me talk about, the number 10. I learned that 10 was the number of testing one day listening to a sermon by Robert Morris. And this was one of the things that made me really interested in numbers. So that you can see a good comparison of the truth, I'm going to also share with you the numerical meanings assigned by other religions, people, and whatever. The best way to know the real thing is compare it with the false. You serve the one true God. You have eyes to see truth. You have ears to hear truth. This is a great exercise in discernment to see how well your spirit discerns truth. Okay, the letter for the number 10 is called the Yod. Now, I don't know anything about Hebrew meaning, so I can't help you with any of that further than that. The Hebrew word for 10 is, is Eser. The Greek word for 10 is Theka. Here are some other religions and assigned meanings for 10. I have no idea where the people who assigned them came up with their meanings, but I think it's interesting to see the contrast between what the Bible shows us and what the world surmises is the meaning for the same thing. Numerology. 10 means new beginnings. Feng Shui says 10 means infinite possibilities. Chinese numerology says 10 is the number of perfection. A numerologist in India says 10 represents the wheel of fortune. In researching the number 10, I came to the conclusion that there were so many other meanings of it online that you could pretty much just say, I want it to mean this. And you could just find one that says that. That tells you right there that those meanings are a bunch of hogwash. Can I just say that? One website says 10 is the number of marriage and means you are supposed to marry that person you are with. That is also one of the angel number definitions, whatever an angel number is. I pray that none of you are foolish enough to jump into a marriage based on what some website says. I know you're not. So what are some biblical indications of what the number 10 means? I believe it means a testing based on a sermon I heard Robert Morris preach, I know several years ago, that was really thorough. How many times did Laban change Jacob's wages? 10 times. How many plagues were there in Egypt? 10 plagues. What is the tithe? One-tenth. How many commandments were given to us? 10. And because of the Ten Commandments, I think that ten can also represent law or rule. How many virgins in waiting? Ten. How many times was Israel tested? Ten. How many lepers? Ten. In Luke 17, 17. In addition, I want to read you some scriptures I believe also help illustrate that ten is the number of the test. I believe it is a test that brings before us the choice between good and evil. 
And whenever this test comes into your life, you have to discern between which choice is good and which is evil and choose good over evil to pass the test. And Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. Genesis 16, 3. Do you see the good and the evil there? The good would have been to wait on God to fulfill the promise. The evil was to choose an alternate route because Sari was just trying to work it out in her mind. Well, maybe I'm supposed to do this. She didn't mean to do anything wrong. But it caused a big division between Abram's sons. And your father hath deceived me and changed my wages ten times, but God suffered him not to hurt me. Genesis 31.7. Jacob and Laban. Laban was obviously just being greedy. And Jacob was doing nothing but good for him. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. Genesis 42.3. How many sons did the wicked Haman have? In Esther, 9.10, he had 10 sons. How many reproaches did Job endure for his, from his friends in, in uh, chapter 19, verse 3? He endured 10 reproaches. Daniel asked if they could eat his way. He and his companions could eat his way for 10 days. They were granted to try it. And in Daniel chapter 1, verse 20, they were found to look 10 times better than all the magicians, astrologers, etc., that's Daniel chapter 1. How many horns on the terrible beast that Daniel saw in chapter 7? 10. Matthew 18, 24, the parable of the unforgiving servant who was owed 10,000 talents. Leviticus 10, 10, and that ye may put difference between holy and unholy and between clean and unclean, good and evil. And that's chapter 10. Verse 10. I'm going to read you some more. Exodus chapter 10, verse 10. And he said unto them, Let the Lord be so with you, as I will let you go, and your little ones look to it, for evil is before you. Good and evil. Deuteronomy 10, 10. And I stayed at the mount according to the first time, 40 days and 40 nights, and the Lord hearkened unto me at that time also. And the Lord would not destroy thee. This was Moses remembering when he interceded for the Israelites to do their idolatry, good and evil. Joshua 10, verse 10. And the Lord discomfited them before Israel and slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon and chased them along the way that goeth up to Bethoran and smote them to Azekah and unto Mechadoth. The Gibeonites were attacked by their neighbors because of their peacemaking with Israel and Joshua was called to rescue them. Good versus evil. Judges 10.10. 10. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, saying, We have sinned against thee, both because we have forsaken our God and also served Balaam. Good versus evil. Ezra 10.10. 10. And Ezra the priest stood up and said unto them, Ye have transgressed and have taken strange wives to increase the trespass of Israel. Good versus evil. Psalm 10.10. 10. He croucheth, talking about the wicked here, crouching, and humbleth himself that the poor may fall by his strong ones. Good versus evil. 1 Corinthians 10.10 10. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. 
is talking about the Israelites, good versus evil. John 10.10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Good versus evil, that one describes it better than any of them. So I said all that to say this. I firmly believe that the number 10 is the number of the testing. And I believe the test is between good and evil, like it almost always is. So if you start seeing 10s everywhere, look for the test. And also look for the enemy. John 10, 10, the thief cometh not. Look for the test and what's good versus what is evil and make the right decision so you can pass the test so you don't have to keep taking the same test over and over there. I hope this has been a help to you. Thanks for listening. Jesus bless you. Y'all have a great week. Y'all have a good week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. I hope this has inspired you to a closer walk with Christ. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc. P.O. Box 854 Altus, Oklahoma. That's A-L-T-U-S. Oklahoma 73522 or by email at wingsofprophecy at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Have you ever gone through a time in your life where suddenly it just felt like your whole life was falling apart? I call these experiences the wilderness experiences. Wilderness experiences are a time of great uncertainty and change. Uh, there are times when our faith is tried and refined. After many experiences, the Lord spoke to me to write The Wilderness Companion, which is a virtual roadmap through the desert times of your life. Find out why you've been led to the wilderness. Find out what the biggest hindrance is to receiving provision in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Drastically cut the time you spend in the wilderness by learning how to partner with the Lord instead of working against Him. Every Christian needs to read The Wilderness Companion. It's by Glenda Lomax, and it's available on Amazon.com or WingsOfProphecy.com. Amazon.com, The Wilderness Companion by Glenda Lomax. Are there areas of sin in your life you just can't seem to overcome no matter how hard you try? Many people live their whole lives under curses. Without understanding, they can be free. Learn what the scriptures say about curses and why they are still relevant today. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Learn how to defeat every curse through the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. If you have the knowledge, you can break curses off your life and start experiencing breakthroughs like never before. In the book, Loosed from Chains of Darkness, you will learn the basics of four different types of curses. Loosed from Chains of Darkness is the most comprehensive curse-breaking book on the market today. Get your copy of Loosed from Chains of Darkness by Glenda Lomax, available on Amazon.com in print, Kindle, and audiobook versions. If you ask anyone you know what the most difficult experience of their life has been, many will answer about a time of betrayal. All those called to walk the narrow path will at some point encounter Judas. How will you respond? 
Do you know how to recognize Judas when he shows up in your life? Can you keep Judas from bringing destruction to your life and ministry? How can you minimize what Judas cost you? Can you pass the test of absolute betrayal? Get your copy of The Judas Test, available in print and new audiobook, The Judas Test by Glenda Lomax, available now on Amazon.com. Sold out for 30 pieces of silver? In Exodus 21:32, it is the price of a dead slave. In Leviticus 27, 2-7, it is the price of a live one. Jesus was sold for the price of a bondservant. Precious Jesus, the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, why did Judas sell his friend out so cheap?